Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Our sanctuary is decorated. We're getting ready for Christmas. We can sense that there's a, a, a momentum moving that way. We're not quite out of November yet. This is just the first Sunday of Advent. But we're preparing and we're getting ready. I know some of you have done some Christmas shopping. Uh, we're looking forward to what's going to, to happen in the future. And at the same time, we don't want to lose sight of our hearts, our minds, our lives. And so I want to invite you into the Christmas story in a new way. We're going to take a look at the Jesus you never knew. And uh, we're going to look at some, some aspects of Jesus as we go over uh, through this Advent season. Because as we look at him, I think that you will be encouraged, strengthened, knowing what God wants to do in your own life. So many things can get in the way of Jesus doing a deeper work in our lives. There, there is distractions and busyness, especially at this time of year. Uh, we, like Martha, often get distracted when we need to be like Mary and take time to give full attention to Jesus. Not only are there distractions, but it seems like this year there's been, well, Jesus called them the worries of this world, and there has been plenty to worry about. Uh, some of you have been working through your own personal crisis. Those can be all-consuming. I know this past couple of years has been a financial boon to some of you and uh, financial nail-biting seasons to others of you. And all those things can distract us from the work of Jesus. Listening to the news causes our, its own worries. There is the new COVID variant coming out of South Africa called Omicron. Sounds like we were listening to the Transformers, right? Like Omicron, right? It's, it's, uh, and just the name of it, I know that it's a Greek letter, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that it, it just has a, that way of that name that can you know, cause worry bells to go off in our mind. You know, a lot of us felt like we were seeing light at the end of the tunnel, and I know this week a, a number of us were wondering is that light a train coming in our direction? When we first started this COVID journey, I, I thought, well, that difficulty might cause us to seek Jesus more. When, while that was the experience of some, certainly wasn't the experience of the vast majority of us. I wonder what will happen with people's spiritual lives as we continue to move through this. But Advent is a season. It's a season that reminds us that Jesus came to us that first Christmas and that he keeps coming to us. And he's going to speak to you in ways that you can see and hear and understand. Question is, is that will the path be clear so we can walk right into our lives? Will the distractions be muted? Will the worries of this world take a back seat? to what he wants to say to you and to me over this season. That's my prayer. In this passage of Scripture that you just heard read, um, or sorry, in, in, in a passage of Scripture where Jesus calls himself the, the good shepherd, it says this in John chapter 10. The one who enters by the great 
gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. You hear how personal that is? You, me, we listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. Mary, Donna, Mavis, John. Calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. When he's brought us all out, out his own, he, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because well, they know his voice. In this Advent season, I, I want you to see who the Good Shepherd is. I want you to hear him and listen to his voice. As he calls you by name, he knows you individually, he knows you personally. And my prayer is that well, you'll follow him and move into all the fullness that he has for you. But I have the suspicion. I have the suspicion that we might need a refresher on who the Good Shepherd is. See, Jesus is not some abstract concept that we kind of believe in. He, he's very real, and, and it is um, the path is open for him to come to you. It will change your life, your everyday life, if you know who he really is and as you follow after him. We don't have some vague belief we're following the, the risen Lord. Now, I spent well, a couple of decades on an ordination board that ordained uh, uh, ministerial students or didn't. And we were tasked with the question of asking questions of them, of their faith, and what they believed in. And so I, I would ask a question like, so you're becoming a pastor, and that indicates that you want to disciple people, so, so what does it, a disciple look like? What do you want a disciple to be? And most of them would answer, well, I want a disciple to be Christ-like. I tell them, well, that is a great answer. That's, that's the goal of, uh, of a, every Christian, grow, uh, Christian growth. We, we want to be like Jesus. We want to be Christ-like. And I'd ask, so what does that mean? What does that look like in this year? Many of them would answer in a way that indicated that they didn't really have the foggiest idea what Jesus would look like in our time. What does it mean to be Christ-like in 2021, 2022? If we're not careful, being Christ-like can be one of those words that we all agree with, this is what we want to be, but it becomes void of meaning because we don't know what it means. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 15, I have set an example that you, should, uh, that you should do as I have done for you. Paul said, reflect me as I reflect Christ. I want to remind you this Advent to be like Jesus. But in order to do that, I want to remind you of who Jesus is. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. You heard it read before. I'm just going to read a couple of the verses that Lily read to us. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset, 
as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage or something to be held on to, something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. So this morning, let me tell you about our Lord. Although my use of English seems inadequate to describe who he is, he was in very nature God, but he did not exploit that to his advantage. Rather, he became human, like you, like me. He became a servant. He humbled himself. But oh, what a human he was. He had authority and compassion, joyfulness and gravity, empathy and grace. He held society, the societal leaders of his day at arm's length while he invited the children to come near to him. He was at the parties of his day to such an extent that people called him a glutton and a drunkard. But the parties he went to was not the parties of the in crowd, but the shun crowd. He touched the untouchable lepers of his day and often broke the conventions of his day. He, he refused to, to meet people's expectations but always pointed people towards God's expectations. Jesus is multi-sided and we're often tempted to gravitate to, to only parts of him. Some see only his suffering while others focus only on his joy. Some identify with his God orientation while others emphasize his humanity. Some hear his preaching like a, a thundering Old Testament prophet and others see only his goodness and gladness and the poetry of his speech. As I think of what it means to be like Jesus in this present world, I want to focus on four attributes today. This is by no means an exhaustive list, but it may serve as an introduction of what it means to be like Christ in our present age. I kind of feel, though, like, like John, who, after writing a lengthy gospel, said in John 21, verse 25, Jesus did many other things as well. If, if every one of them were written down, I suppose that, that even the whole world would not have room for the books that were written. If I were to talk about all of who Jesus is, you could leave at 11 o'clock and come back next Sunday, and I'd still be talking. We're not going to talk about all of who Jesus is today. But I do want to focus on a few things. When I look at what Jesus wants to do in us and how he comes to us in this Advent season, 
there are four Christ-like qualities that, that I want to focus on because I believe that, well, the, these are the qualities of Jesus that if they were to emerge in us in a visible way, that it would make an impact not only in our own lives, but in our world. First, let me talk about his strength. When I refer to the strength of Jesus, I, I am, I'm not talking about his physical strength. The, the Bible doesn't give any indication that, that he was any stronger than, than the average first century male who grew up on a, a zero trans fat, fat diet. But his strength was, was, it was, wasn't unrelated to his body either. Christ lived a, a rugged, nomadic, homeless life. Matthew 8, 20 says, Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds have, of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. See, it takes strength of character to live, to live in such a way where you're not committed to comfort. It was not that Jesus was opposed to comfort. It was just not his primary concern. People, be like Jesus. His strength was seen in the way that he took on the issues of his day. He stood with the woman caught in adultery against her accusers. He stood with his disciples against the, the, the leaders that accused them of breaking the tradition of the elders. He stood with his mission against his friend Peter when his friend Peter suggested he didn't have to die. He wasn't afraid to, to step into the situation um, and take on weeping mourners who, who scoffed at him. His family thought he was crazy. The leaders of the day tried to trap him. But Jesus stood there and kept on talking to them. That's the kind of strength that he had. He wasn't afraid to take on the social norms and speak with the Samaritan woman or to touch a leper or to heal on the Sabbath. People didn't always know what to do with him because he was showing a new way. He chose the way of the one who would rather serve than be served. One that chose to, to fight when most people were silent and chose to say silent when most people would fight. That's strength. That's who Jesus is. Don't know if you've noticed, but our society is a little bit polarized these days. Yeah? There's a surge in the ultra-right and the ultra-left. Some things as Christians that we should just kind of aim for the center and live there. But Jesus was never on the right-left spectrum. He was always for the kingdom of God which defies definition by the politics of his day and our day. Very different to the right and the left. While the right and the left yell at each other, Jesus would say, 
love your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Our goal is not to be the center. Our goal is to live out the culture of the kingdom, which will probably be hated by both the right and the left, by the way. But to live in the middle of the kingdom, like Jesus, in a polarized world, takes strength. That's, what I, that's why I want to urge you, be like Jesus. Jesus was strong because he knew who he was, he knew what he was called to, and he spent time with his heavenly Father. The same strength can be yours as, as you spend time with Jesus. And you know who you are in him. He has forgiven you. He has made you new. He has washed you. He has sanctified you. He has given you a new life, and you are a new creation in him. The old has gone. The new has come. He has invited, into, he, he has invited you into his family a family that, that has him as a father, their father. And we can go and say, Abba, Father, Daddy, would you come into my life? And, and we've got, got problems that we need you. Would you come? We need you to show us how to walk through this. Jesus knew who he was, and he could be strong in the middle of opposition, because he knew who his father was. Same is true for you. I could tell you story after story about how I've seen that to be true in my own life. There were periods in my life where I was pretty beat up. Felt like in survival mode, just trudging along through life. And Yet I was a pastor and called on to preach every Sunday morning. And I'd say, God, I don't have it in me. I, I can't do this. God would simply say, this is what I've called you to do. What I want you to do is bring your five loaf and two fish and watch what I'll do. And in those times, I would stand up and I would preach the truth that I knew rather than the truth that I felt. But it is amazing what God would do. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. God told Paul that. It's true of us as well. Your strength is not found digging deeper. It's found on your knees in the sight of your Heavenly Father. Be like Jesus. Not only did Jesus have strength, though, he, he had what I'm calling poise. What I mean by poise is that there was this balance, a proper balance between his mind and his will and his emotion. Jesus, Jesus was not a stoic. Uh, he, he had emotions and he acted at, on them at times. But Jesus wasn't driven by his emotions. He acted contrary to his fear, feelings of tiredness, 
of wanting to be alone, a frustration uh, with the disciples' slowness. He, he was never caught up so much in the life of the mind that he, that he never engaged the world around him. As I walk with Jesus through the gospel, there, there seems to be this unalterable peace when he encountered Satan in the wilderness or he encountered Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. He walked with poise. He, he encountered grieving friends at Lazarus' tomb and scheming with people. Uh, he encountered scheming people who tried to trap him. He acted as the situation demanded. He acted with purpose and poise. I want to urge you to be like Jesus. I know that some of you are saying, yeah, right, Pastor. If you would have seen me last week, I was under pressure, and poise wasn't the first word that I, I would use to describe myself. But, you know, I hear you, I'll try harder this week. Trying harder is not going to get us there. Let me tell you what will. Paul writes to the Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you, if you are a Christian, the beginning of poise is in you because God has put his spirit there. This is the definition of poise, where you're engaged and you're fully present and you respond appropriately to the situation around you. But the way the fruit of the spirit happens is not trying to work up the fruit of the spirit. It's by listening and responding to God as he works with you and you walk through life. I know that a number of you are different than you used to be because the Spirit of God has been working in you. I talk to a number of you and you tell me, I used to be like this, but I can see growth. I'm, I'm here now. And that is so awesome. You've been spending time with God, listening to God, following what he says. And the more you do that, the more the fruit of the Spirit will be evident in your life. I'm so thankful for what God is doing in our church. I see people growing. I see God's love expanding in you. I just want to urge you, continue to be like Jesus. Let the fruit of the Spirit grow in your life. Jesus had strength and he had poise, but he also had grace. You see, you can have strength and poise and still not be very fun to be around. Got to just say, there's a saying that even saints sometimes are bad neighbors. We may like to talk about saints, but we just don't want them in our backyard, right? We want them at a distance. But Jesus wasn't that way, was he? He was gracious. Little kids wanted to be around him. That says something. The outcasts of society, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the untouchables, the Samaritans. These people found nothing but a gracious reception and a warm welcome. Jesus treated bartenders and common fishermen and the poor and the ostracized uh, with nothing more than grace. Men and women, boys and girls, they were welcomed by him. Jesus 
was known as a wonderful house guest. And people would invite him to home. Most people would run from the demon possessed, but Jesus would move towards and enter into people's problems and, and speak peace to the family and war with the demons. He graciously took on other people's challenges and spoke into them by the power of God. Only people that Jesus appeared not to be gracious with was the religious hypocrites. People who love to show off their religion rather than really connect with God. Graciousness is, is one of those things that, that marked how Jesus came. In fact, the Bible's testimony about Jesus is that, that he was full of grace and truth. What a wonderful combination. People be like Jesus. Now, I know that there's a lot of you who are just naturally gracious, whether it's, it's been trained into you by your parents or it's your bent of your personality. Gracious comes to you easier than, than, uh, uh, to you than it does to others. If you have a prophet, prophetic bent, gracious, graciousness may be harder for you. But Jesus was the uber-prophet, and yet he was full of grace. People be like Jesus. It seems to me that we're moving into a phase in our society where we are letting go of civility. Civility is the external version of graciousness. Here's what I believe. If the people of God display the graciousness of God in the face of a society that moves away from civility, it will speak volumes to the world around us about Jesus. That includes how you treat a waiter or waitress, especially now when they're really stressed. Is your meal all about you? Don't do that. Be like Jesus. Includes how you treat a police officer when they give you a ticket. Or none of you will ever go too fast. Sorry, that's just for me. Um, Yeah. This includes how you speak to the poor, the uneducated, the immigrant. Includes how you speak to the transgendered person or the woman who's had an abortion. Speak with grace. Be gracious. That includes how you speak to vaxxers and anti-vaxxers and masters and anti-maskers and conspiracy theorists. Be like Jesus, full of grace. Yeah, truth was there, but you can't speak truth until you have grace. If you want to speak truth, Get the grace thing right first. We all know people, and maybe you've made a mess of your life. Let me say this. Judgmentalism and graciousness do not coexist well together. Be like Jesus. Be gracious to people. Jesus was strong, he was 
had poise, he was full of grace. And the last attribute that I want to camp on just for a moment is love. In some ways, love encompasses all of this. Jesus came into the world because he loved, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Jesus moved through the world in love. Time after time, we read in the Gospels, and Jesus had compassion on him. And Jesus had compassion on them. And Jesus had compassion. When he looked at a crowd like a sheep without a shepherd, he had compassion. When he looked at the hurting and the hungry, he had compassion. Jesus walked through this world in love. And it was love that drove him to the cross. Greater love, he told his disciples, has no one than this. And then a man laid down his life for his friends. You're my friends. And he loved us to the very end. The way you love is to allow your heart to be saturated with the love that God has for you. Receive it. Embrace it. Respond to it. When you just revel in the love of God for you, and you just receive it, knowing that there's no caveats about it, God isn't saying, I'm waiting till you get better to love you. I'm waiting till you get it all together to love you. He's not saying, I'm, I'm waiting for you to, to you know, find your groove, and, th- and then I'll love you. No. God loves you. And he opens his arms to you and says, come and will you receive that love? And when you really feel the embrace of the love of God, it allows you to love others. Because you don't have to prove yourself or earn their love because you're already loved. Jesus was strong. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his, of his might. Jesus was poised. Let the fruit of the Spirit grow in you. He was full of grace. Be gracious to those you come in contact with. He walked through this world in love. People, be like Jesus. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, all I ask is to be like him. All through life's journey, from earth to glory, all I asked is to be like him. That was the prayer of a hymn writer. I hope it's your prayer too. Father, as we look at who Jesus was and we look at how we are called to reflect him, we say in and of our own strength, we can't do it. But I'm so thankful for the power of your Holy Spirit. And so I'm asking, Lord, that, that you would help us to get out of the way of the work of your Holy Spirit. Let the distractions fade and the busyness uh, uh, be shoved to the side. And Lord, may we have a path for you to walk straight into our heart and do what you need to do so that we grow up into the fullness of what you're like. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, Take care and God bless.